Please note, the program you are about to watch and listen to may or may not include commercials for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway does not endorse or promote. The broadcasts you're about to listen to are original edits of the old-time radio show as they were broadcast back in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. So viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. This is Monica, and I'm welcoming you to the to Tarts, the afternoon radio theater Sunday. And the reason I call it that is because it's going to be uh, most of the time like a variety type show where you have different kinds of old time radio squeezed in like I might have a comedy and then I might have a thriller um, today you're getting two comedies because I think they go together uh, but anyway um, I, I just want to um, jump in and say that my cohort or my co-host Victor is with me yes I am say hello Victor I am saying hello for you and we would just like to say that you know if you like what you're hearing um, go up on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and podcast players and like us and share and comment and um, so with that said here we go episode that I'm going to show you is, um, or that I'm going to play for you, is um, a Jack Benny episode. Now, Jack Benny is one of my all-time favorites. Folks, I was born in the wrong, I don't know, I, I, th I was born in the wrong decade, I think. I was born in 1958. I'm 62, but I love old radio as far back as it goes back to the 20s and I love old music the further back it goes the better so I think um, I think a lot of people like old time radio because I mean the yeah. average person couldn't afford uh, a television television set at that time it was so expensive yeah yeah and um, and I love Jack Benny too 
I mean, <sighs> but I have to ask, is he gay? No. He's not. He was married to, his wife's name was Sadie Marks, I believe it was. And her stage name was Mary Livingstone. And at some point, she actually got it legally changed to Mary Livingstone because that's what everybody knew her as. Oh, so that's the Mary he keeps referring to. Yeah. Now, on the show, they didn't have a romantic element. They were just uh-huh. buddies. And they right. worked together and they went on dates and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, in the off the show, they were married. And uh, she had a real problem with straight stage fright. She, um, uh, by the time they they got to where they were doing um, TV shows, she she just kind of bowed out. She her stage fright was just too much. She couldn't handle being on TV. So, uh, so you know, you never saw him on his TV shows. And as far as it goes, Jack always liked doing the radio shows better than he did the TV shows. Anyway, he mm-hmm. did those kind of sporadically. Uh, right. You know, he might go weeks at a time without recording um, a TV show, according to what I read. And, um, you know, it wasn't until he uh, got on his last stretch with NBC in like, did they, I think it was 63 to 64, that Mm -hmm. he he started kind of doing them regular. But. Oh, okay. So I have to ask, I mean, was, I mean, was Rochester really his valet? Uh, no. Uh, He wasn't. He was an actor. Yeah, he was an actor. Um, I read who the actor was, but I can't think of his name now. Uh Uh Um, but I'll get it again. (laughs) You'll get it. Folks, forgive me. This is my first show, so <laughs> hang with me. <laughs> I I think people have a choice but to forgive you. Have no choice but to forgive you, rather, uh, because this is your first show, and I am so happy about that. Because I thought I'd be the only one doing the shows here, uh, aside from the other contributors like Mary Stores or uh, Zoe Fiocos and. Uh, course there's donna um oh my god i just drew a blank at her name oh yeah donna jordan that's it sorry yeah i i don't know why i thought yeah no i thought besides those three people um i was gonna be the only one doing shows and i'm so happy that you're doing one and eventually, you know, you're going to get comfortable enough that you'll be able to do them on your own and even have guests of your own, too. Folks, what he's not saying is that he has about a dozen girlfriends. That, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> you should tune in to Snap tonight uh, because I'll be talking about those girlfriends. The dozen or so girlfriends that I have, and how they figure into my uh, my life. 
Well, I got some boyfriends too. But anyway, so, snap is for another time. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but but this first show, um, it it features Jack and Dennis Day. And Dennis Day, his real name was Eugene McNulty. Um, he, he's he's an Irish guy, and. Um, he, you know, you never heard him really sound Irish on Jack Benny's show or even on his own show. Uh, but he can sing Irish so beautifully. I've, uh, Amazon has a collection of Dennis Day and he sings Irish songs beautifully. I'd love to buy that collection, but, um, but anyway, in this one, um, this one is called Dennis Sees a Psychiatrist. And, you know, Jack is always trying to rush Dennis to, um, you, you know, to get on with it, do his number and just not talk about a lot of other stuff. Just, just get on with it. And so, um, so in this episode, uh, he, that's, that's what he does. He won't, he won't listen. Jack won't listen to him. So he finally starts singing. And then, uh, after a little bit, he tells him, he says, well, I don't, I don't know if I should tell this part or not. Cause then that kind of gives it, it kind of gives it away at the end. And so I don't want to. I don't want to give it away, but then you find out <laughs> what he was yeah. trying to tell Jack. And, right. <laughs> and so. Yeah, no uh, plot spoilers now. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. But I. So this should be interesting. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you have as much fun listening to it as I had putting the shows together. So here we go. The Jack Benny Program. Transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike, the cigarette that's toasted to taste better. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste. Yes, it's the toasted cigarette. They taste fine. Tobacco is light. Tobacco is mild. Tobacco too. And it's toasted, yes, it's toasted, because the toasting brings the flavor right through. So to get better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste, yet it's the toasted cigarette. This is Don Wilson. I'd like you to listen to just the last part of that song once again. It's the toasted Cigarette. That's one important reason the Lucky tastes better. It's toasted. The fine tobacco that goes into every Lucky is toasted to taste better. It's toasted. The famous Lucky Strike process brings Lucky's fine tobacco to its peak of flavor, tones up this light, mild, and naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. That's why we say this. If you want real enjoyment from your cigarette, make it Lucky Strike.
Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis A. Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight Jack Benny does another television show. But meanwhile, I'd like to take you back to yesterday and out to Jack's home in Beverly Hills. It's a typical morning in the Benny household, and as we look in, Rochester is busy in the kitchen. Well, I better finish squeezing these oranges. Gee, that looks good. Orange juice is so wonderful when it's fresh. There's something about it when the oranges have been picked right from the tree. We sure are lucky the Coleman's have one. <laughs> I remember the argument they had the first time Mr. Benny picked them. He told Mr. Coleman that while it was his tree, since that stem was growing over into our yard, it was our legal property. I thought the boss was wrong, too, but the Supreme Court upheld it. <laughs> well, that finishes the orange juice. Now to put the coffee on. Good night, sweetheart. Here we meet tomorrow. Good night, sweetheart. Oh, Polly, I forgot to take the cover off your cage. There you are. Oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> it sure is a nice day, Polly. Honey beats Dempsey. Honey beats Dempsey. <laughs> I guess it's about time I change that paper on Polly's cage. <laughs> well, I better get her something to eat. Oh, good morning, Mr. Benny. Good morning, Rochester. Here's a nice big glass of fresh orange juice. I don't want any. Oh. Well, what do you want for breakfast? Nothing. But, boss, don't you want anything at all? Well, yes, get me some smelling salts, some tums, fix me an Alka-Seltzer, and get me a bottle of aspirin. What's the matter? Are you sick? No, Dennis Day is coming over. <laughs> I couldn't talk him out of it. You shouldn't let him upset you like that. I shouldn't, eh? That stupid kid called me up at 3 o'clock this morning to ask me how I felt. Well, why would he call you at 3 in the morning? He said he thought my line wouldn't be busy then. <laughs> I can't understand that kid. Anyway, he told me he was coming over today to let me hear his song. Isn't that the reason he usually comes over? Yeah, but when he starts that silly talk, he drives me nuts. But he won't do it today. I won't give him a chance to do anything but sing. A man can stand just so much, and then... He... <laughs> Crewman defeats Dewey. Crewman defeats Dewey. <laughs> oh, good, Rochester. You changed the paper in Polly's cage. <laughs> Was there any mail, Rochester? It didn't come yet, but you did have one important phone call. Tillard March, your producer, called from CBS to tell you that the time of tomorrow's rehearsal has been changed. Well, I better call up and find out. Hello, CBS, the size address. Yes, sir. Hold the line. I'll see if I can locate him. Who was that, Gertrude? Jack Benny. He wants I should get him as producer. 
Oh, that Benny, always making us do things. He's a pain in the neck. Not to me. I like him and he likes me. Really? Yeah. If I tell you a secret, will you promise to keep it a secret? Oh, sure. I swear on my picture of Pinky Lee. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. Last June, Jack Benny and I nearly got married. We got into a cab and rode over to the Justice of the Peace, and he started reading the ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when he got to the part that says, With all my worldly goods I be endowed, Jack ran out so fast he broke the sound barrier. <laughs> I've never so embarrassed in my life. I can imagine. Now I wouldn't marry Jack if he was the last man on earth. Say, the way he keeps going on, he's liable to be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm glad I broke up with him. I'm tired of going out with Dennis Day. That dumb kid? Who, Dennis Day? Yeah. He's so dumb, he thinks the English Channel is where you watch old pictures on television. <laughs> A regular Imogene Cuckoo. <laughs> you know, Mabel, sometimes you think you're so... See, Mr. Benny, you're impatient. I'm sorry, Mr. Benny, but your producer isn't in. Oh, well, keep trying. Well, when you get him, Gertrude, tell him... Gertrude, did you feel that? I was positive I felt an earthquake. Oh, well, goodbye, Gertrude. Funny, I was sure I felt an earthquake. The whole room shook. Hello, Jack. Oh, Don, what a relief. <laughs> so was you. I let him in, Mr. Benny. Oh, Don, when you came in, the whole house shook. I can't understand why they didn't feel it down at CBS. It's only six miles. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jack. I'm getting awfully tired of all these remarks about my size. But, Don... I'm probably lighter on my feet than you are. Why, last week I went to Arthur Murray's for some dancing lessons, and he was amazed. Really? Yes, he said I danced like a big, fat Nijinsky. <laughs> Don, this... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, Don, this I don't understand. Me, you ball out, and yet you yourself make jokes about your size. I know, Jack. See, when you do it, it's an insult. But when I pull a joke at my own expense, it's different. Shows I'm a good sport and can take it. Like, well, for instance, you'd be the first to admit you're a lousy violinist. The second, I'm the first. <laughs> you keep out of this. Don, what'd you come over for? Jack, I brought the sportsman quartet with me. I saw them, but I didn't want to say hello to them because I'm sick of that, hmm. Why don't you just have them go ahead and let me hear their number? Jack, I didn't bring them over to sing to you. Well, that's what you always do. I know, but this is different. You know, Jack, every time you go anywhere, they come over and sing goodbye to you. And when you come back, they welcome you home with a song. But today they want you to sing to them. Well, why? It's their birthday. Well, I'll be... Wait a minute. Did you say today is their birthday? Uh-huh. All four of them have the same birthday? I'll tell you something that's even more amazing than that. They were all born in the same town. Storm Lake, Iowa. <laughs> no. Yeah, Jack, and in the same hospital. What a coincidence. Only my idiot writers would think of a thing like that. <laughs> anyway, Don, if you say it's their birthday, I'll sing to them. Hey, fellas, 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear sportsman. Happy birthday to you. Now, John, happy birthday to us. I thought you wanted me to say Happy birthday to us. 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 Happy This is Charlie Bagby, your piano player. Oh, hello, Charlie. I'll tell you what I'm calling you for. I think I'd better have my piano fixed before the next broadcast. It has 12 broken strings. 12 broken strings on your piano? When did you find that out? Yesterday, during rehearsal. The janitor called it to my attention. <laughs> Charlie, do whatever you want to, will you? Okay, and another thing. You're going to have to do something about Remley. A uh, Frankie Remley? What's wrong now? Well, since he's been leading the orchestra at the Hollywood Roosevelt Synagogue, he's gotten so high-hat you can't do a thing with him. Remley? High-hat? Yeah, now he has to have a glass. He won't even drink out of a bottle anymore. <laughs> no. It's demoralizing. Glasses is for water. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, look at Charlie. I'll talk to him when he gets to the broadcast. I wish you would. Goodbye. So long, Charlie. Imagine Bagby, of all people, criticizing Remley. That's a case of a pot calling the pot potted. <laughs> Those musicians really... Uh... Hey, boss, the mail just came. Oh, good. Give it to me. There's nothing much, just this letter. Let's see. Oh, it's from the California bank. It's about the mortgage. How long have you had the mortgage on that bank? <laughs> oh, just a few years. They pay regularly. Say, Rochester, I haven't had a thing to eat yet. Fix me a sandwich or something, will you? Yes, sir. 
Want me to answer the door? No, you go make the sandwich. I'll answer. Well, what a surprise. Hello, Mr. Benny. Mr. Gibson. Well, it's nice seeing you, Mr. Kitzel. Mutual. But I dropped in to ask you a favor. A favor? Yeah. From now on, when you're driving to the radio studio, could you possibly give me a lift? A lift? Certainly. But why? Well, I'm working there as a usher. It's only a part-time job, but I got to raise a little money. Oh. I'll need the extra money because around the middle of next month, I'm expecting an addition to my family. Oh, an addition to your family. Isn't that nice? What do you want, Mr. Kitzel? A boy or a girl? Either one would be delightful. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's my mother-in-law who's coming for a visit. <laughs> oh, the way you put it, I thought you were expecting a bundle from heaven. A bundle she is, but from heaven this is doubtful. <laughs> Well, since you had to take another job, I suppose you like it, the studio. Oh, yes. It's very pleasant, especially for me. I love to be around show people. So exciting. <laughs> you know, actors, musicians, and singers, especially singers. Oh, you like good singing, huh? Definitely. On this subject, I'm a common sir. <laughs> I collect records and everything. Really? Well, tell me, who's your favorite singer? Nat King Cohen. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Kissel. No, it's not King Cohen. It's King Cole. 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 Cool. He's real gone. <laughs> Yes, I know. Well, Mr. Kitt, from now on, I'll give you a lift whenever I go to the studio. You are lovely gentlemen. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Kitt. Is my sandwich ready, Rochester? In a minute. Was that Dennis Day at the door? No, it was Mr. Kitt, though. Oh, well, remember what you said. When Mr. Day does come, don't let him get you into any conversations. Just make him sing. Don't worry, I'll do it. Oh, Rochester, instead of coffee, I'll have tea today. Yes, sir. Want me to get it? No, that must be Dennis. I'll answer. Okay, boss. And remember what you... I'll remember, I'll remember. Hello, Mr. Benny. Sing your song, Dennis. <laughs> hey, Mr. Benny, do you know that... Dennis, sing your song. I will, but I want to tell you that... Don't talk, just sing. But I thought you'd be interested in the... Not uh, interested in anything. Sing. Now, come on over to the piano. Now, sit down at the piano and sing your song. Good. Just sing. But, Mr. Benny, I only wanted to tell you... Don't you! Sing or I'll push your head down again. Okay, I'll sing. Why? 
made a world of hope and joy I see my song, I think I ought to tell Don't you... Don't tell me a thing. You came over to sing your song, you sang it. Now, I'll walk you to the door and you can go home. But, Mr. Benny... No but. You sang, now go. Here's the door. <laughs> a fire engine. I wonder why it's stopping here. I tried to tell you, your house is on fire. <laughs> Well, of all the... I tried to tell him, but all he said was, sing your song, sing your song, don't talk, just Damn sing. Not interested, sing, or I'll push your face down again. Nobody ever listens to me. Oh, be quiet. Don't get excited, mister. We got everything under control. You sure, Chief? Yeah, it was just a small rubbish fire. It's all out. No damage at all. Oh, good, good. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. So long. Dennis, I want to tell you something. Yes, sir? I'll admit it was my fault for not letting you talk. Uh-huh. But if you can sit there and calmly sing a song in a house that you think is on fire, then I know there's something wrong with you, and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, what are you going to do? Never mind. Just come with me. We're going downtown. Okay. Come on. Come on. Okay, don't push. <laughs> this is the office we want, Dennis. Gee, look what it says on the door. Dr. Heinrich Schultz, psychiatrist. That's right. Well, it's about time. Certainly is. You should have gone to him a long time ago. <laughs> Not for me, it's for you. Now, come on in. 
Yes, sir. What can I do for you? I'm Jack Benny. I phoned Dr. Schultz and made an appointment for Dennis Day. Oh, yes. Is this Mr. Day? Yes, ma'am. Has he ever been here to see the doctor before? No, ma'am. Well, before you can go in and see the doctor, I'll have to ask you some questions. Your full name? Dennis Day. Your wife's name? I'm not married. Parents? Two. <laughs> I know you have two of them, but what are their names? Mr. and Mrs. Day. <laughs> I know that, too, but I want to know their first names. What do they call each other? I'll tell the doctor, but I won't tell you. <laughs> I'll tell the doctor you're here. Yes, Miss Roberts? Dennis Day, your new patient, is here. Well, send him right in. You may go in now, Mr. Day. How do you do? I am Dr. Schultz. I'm Jack Benny, and this is the young man I talked to you about, Dennis Day. How do you do? Uh, now, Mr. Day, I think we better get right down to business. Yes, sir. Uh, supposing you tell me all about yourself, starting with your earliest memories. Very, my childhood was very interesting. <laughs> childhood was very insecure, you see. I was born in New York, and, and but when I was five months old, my parents moved to Buffalo, then six months later, they moved to Chicago, and two months later, they moved to Cleveland, and a half a year later, they moved to Pittsburgh. They moved to Pittsburgh, eh? Yeah, that's where I finally caught up with them. <laughs> well, uh, wait a moment. Uh, Mr. Benny, he must be exaggerating. His parents couldn't have deserted him that often. They couldn't, eh? Dr. Dennis has been left on more doorsteps than the Los Angeles Times. That's very interesting, very interesting. Well, I hope you can help him, Doctor. He's been with me for years now, and his silly behavior has made me gray before my time. Really? How old are you, Mr. Benny? Thirty-nine. Mm. Well, one case at a time. Now then, uh, getting back to your childhood, Mr. Day, did... Oh, excuse me, my nurse is buzzing me. Yes, nurse? Oh, doctor, Mr. Jones is waiting outside to see you. Jones? Jones? Oh, you remember, doctor, the man who thinks he's a St. Bernard dog? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I'm very busy right now. He'll have to wait quite a while. I hope you won't mind. Oh, he won't. He's got a keg of brandy tied around his neck. <laughs> I'll tell him. Mr. Jones, the doctor's busy now. Please be seated. <laughs> Mr. Day, I am going to give you the word association test. Word association? Yeah, that's right. I'll say one word, and you immediately say the first word that comes to your mind. Uh-huh. For instance, rain. Snow. Black. White. Red. Blue. Green. Money. You keep out of this. Now, look, you are wasting time, and after all, you know, my fee is $25 an hour. Gosh, that's a lot. I didn't realize it was going to cost you that much, Dennis. 
course, me. It was your idea to bring me here. You're going to pay for it. Why should I pay for it? I'm doing it for you. Well, I didn't want to come here. I'm happy being silly. <laughs> Somebody's going to pay for it if I don't work for nothing. Oh, I'm awfully sorry, Doctor, but Mr. Jones won't wait any longer. He's coming in. Look, Doctor, if you think that Mr. I'm Jones, going... you go back to the waiting room. <laughs> Mr. Jones, go back, I say. I don't like the way you are behaving. Mr. Jones, control yourself. Now, Mr. Benny, you brought this young man up here. I demand... If you think for one minute that I'm going to pay you for... Mr. Jones, stop licking my face. Come on, Dennis, let's get out of here. I'll settle for you the way you are. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack will be back in a minute to tell you about his television program, which goes on at 7 p.m. tonight over the CBS television network. But first, the sweetheart of Lucky Strike, Miss Dorothy Collins. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand you get. It's toasted to give you the best taste yet. It's the toasted. Cigarettes, they taste fine. Tobacco is light. Tobacco is mild. Tobacco too. And it's toasted. Yes, it's toasted. Because the toasting brings the flavor right through. So to get better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste. Yes, it's the toasted. Cigarette. Friends, your enjoyment of a cigarette is just as simple as that. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to taste better. Naturally, Lucky's better taste begins just where you'd expect it to begin, with fine tobacco. L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And then, that tobacco is toasted. It's toasted. The famous Lucky Strike process tones up Lucky's naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So next time, get better taste. Get Lucky Strike. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand you get. It's toasted to give you the best taste. Get it the toasted cigarette. Boss, you better hurry up and get changed. You've got to do a television show tonight. Yeah, say, I better hurry. Shall I fix something to eat for you and Mr. Day? No, we're not hungry. Where were you so long? I took Dennis to a psychiatrist and he's cured. Really? Yeah, from now on, he'll never say anything stupid. Will you, Dennis? Oh, 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 The Jack Show tonight was written by Milt Josephsburg, John Packerberry, Hal Goldman, Al Gordon, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Mark. The Jack Benny Program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. Okay.
you guys enjoyed that one. I, I enjoyed it again, and I laughed again. So, and I even got Victor to laugh. So, uh, and that's saying something. <laughs> True. True. Because <laughs> he has to analyze everything. So, no. I do not. <laughs> oh, I feel so guilty now. <laughs> uh, he's cool. I just like to. Razz him. Uh-huh. Razz him a little bit. I know, and, I know. Um, so, but anyway, this next one, it, it is, uh, it features Dennis Day. It does not feature Jack Benny because this show is a spinoff of the Jack Benny show, and that's one reason that I decided to uh, to do it this afternoon. It's called A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Now, this was not a very long lived show it you know it was kind of like here today and gone tomorrow but um That's but, it, but it was a nice little show and uh but but what it did it portrayed um dennis the way that he was in the jack benny show you know kind of off kind of um <laughs> stupid <laughs> you know and he played that part so well I, I i remember um i was listening to an episode of the jack benny show uh where it was kind of like uh dennis's uh naval send-off because he really did go to the navy for a year a little over a year something like that so um they did a show right before he went and <laughs> And he made the comment. He said, "Boy, I hope the Navy doesn't think I'm as dumb as I act on this show." <laughs> <laughs> so, would you, wait, wait. Let me ask you something. Is this is Dennis Day a lot like Gomer Pyle? Ah, well, yeah. He's 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 kind of like that. Like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like Gomer Pyle. Like, like an idiot, except. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's about the way you could. Do it. The only difference is <laughs> because that- I've always thought I've, I've always thought as Gomer Pyle is in, uh, you know, the idiot who joined the army. I wonder you thought I was an idiot <laughs> thirteen years ago. Well, that has something to do with. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, why did you want to talk to me in the first place? That had something to do with it. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I've always imagined Gomer Pyle as having, as being the, um, well, the Southern Hick who joined the army. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I viewed him. So I'm kind of wondering if Dennis Day is that kind of person. Like that kind of character, rather. Yeah, he, yeah, he was kind of that way, except he, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, it was yeah. different. It was different in a way, and and uh, judge for yourself when you when you uh, listen to the show. But in this one, it's uh, I think it's called yeah the masquerade ball, and uh, so you know he's having a hard time deciding what he's gonna. Uh, how he's going to dress up and what he's going to play and all this kind of stuff and um, 
because his girlfriend wants him to be in it. Uh, well, I can't wait for this then. It's it, it's funny, but or at least I thought it was funny, but maybe I've just got a warped sense of humor. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, that might not be too far from the truth. <laughs> just saying, just saying. <laughs> you will pay. I will pay. Yes, at it would seem some I will. point. <laughs> so yeah, folks. Sit enjoy back, this. relax, and enjoy the show. gentlemen, the new Dennis Day program, with Sharon Douglas, Berna Felton, Dink Trout, John Brown, Joe Kern, Lee Benadaris, Jerry Hausner, Charles Stanton and the orchestra, and starring the popular young singer of the Jack Benny Show, In a Day in the Life of Dennis Day. And now here's Dennis singing, Take Care. Take care when you say, take care your lips may impart sweeter things than your heart means to say. Take care when you say, take care all. Don't whisper tonight words that fade in the light of the day. Oh, no. Strong when the moon is no longer there. Oh, that's waited a moment such as this may be betrayed by the madness of a kiss when you say, Take care. That was the beautiful voice of Dennis Day. But exactly what sort of person is our hero? Well, suppose we ask some of the folks of Weaverville where Dennis lives and works. They know him best. For example, there's his boss, Mr. Willoughby, who owns the drugstore where Dennis jerks orders. Uh, Mr. Willoughby, how do you feel about Dennis? Dennis Day? Well, when I first met Dennis and hired him to work behind my fountain, 
I wasn't sure whether he was a soda jerk or not, but I knew he was some kind. Hmm. <laughs> now, how about a few words from Mildred, Dennis's girlfriend? I think Dennis is a perfect love. It's just that no one understands him. People in this town judge other people by how much money they have or how many brains. Either way, it's very unfair to Dennis. <laughs> All right, suppose we hear from Mildred's mother now, Mrs. Anderson, who runs the boarding house in which Dennis lives. Dennis Day will never amount to anything. He has no ambition, no gumption, and very little sense. My daughter thinks she's in love with him, but it's only because he reminds her of her father. Well, uh, uh, Mr. Anderson, what do you say to that? Any opinions expressed by me on any subject whatsoever are necessarily those of my wife. <laughs> well, how about a fellow boarder at the Anderson Menage? Uh, Mr. Snedeker, how do you feel about Dennis Day? Don't mention Dennis Day's name to me. I ought to tear him limb from limb. Wants to borrow my car, he says, so he can drive his girlfriend Mildred over to pick up her costume for the masquerade party tonight. Why did I give it to him? Because I'm a big, fat, good-natured slob, that's why. <laughs> and what happened? What happens to my car? I'll tell you what happened. Oh, oh Dennis! Did you see that? That parked car ran right into me. Golly, it's going to cost me $25 for Mr. Snedeker's fender, Mildred. Where am I going to get $25? Well, haven't you saved any money out of your salary at the drugstore? I've only had the job two days. Anyhow, with taxes, what, what they are, I couldn't possibly save more than $6 a week. Well, how much is your salary? $6 a week. <laughs> well, we've just got to think of something. If Mr. Snedeker tells Mama she's liable to throw you out of her boarding house, and I don't know where you'd get another room with this housing shortage. Gee, I'd hate to lose that comfortable room I share with Mr. Appling, Mr. Moore, Mr. Ryan, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Greenberg, Mr. Erickson, Mr. Kerrigan, Mr. Calflash, and the Cooper brothers. <laughs> Especially this week when it's my turn to sleep in the bed. Well, we've just got to raise the money somehow. Mr. Snedeker said if he didn't get us $25, he'd murder you. Oh, yeah? I'd just like to see him try it, that's all. What would you do? What could I do? I'd be dead. <laughs> but the police would do plenty. Dennis, if you don't mind, I'd rather he got his money. Oh, if I could only win the prize at the masquerade tonight. Huh? You know, the silver cup for the most outstanding costume. Oh, we could get $25 for it easily. Well, gosh, maybe you will win, Mildred. Oh, I haven't a chance. Mama picked out a perfect stinker of a costume for me. Betsy Ross. Now I ask you, Betsy Ross. That does stink a little. <laughs> Gee, I just finished a book about a girl who'd make a wonderful character at a masquerade. A somewhat different type from Betsy Ross, of course. Oh, what book was that? It was called Forever Amber. <laughs> Forever Amber? Yes, it's a very absorbing book. It took me months and months to get through it, but I finally finished it. Well, why did it take you so long? I kept going back over it to see if I'd read right. <laughs> very educational reading. You know, Mildred, it's very educational reading for a young fellow like myself, though. Believe me, I learned plenty about the London fire. <laughs> Golly, you know, I'll bet Amber would win that cup in a walk. Dennis, I'll do it. 
You mean you'll go to the masquerade as Amber? Exactly. Gee, you're liable to catch an awful cold. <laughs> Don't be silly. Now, what can I do with that costume? Cut out the sleeve, lower the neckline, make it slinky and tight-fitting. I don't think Betsy Ross would like this. <laughs> oh, gee, Dennis, I'm sure it can be done. Look, I'll go right to work on the costume. Oh, but there's some other things I'll need, and you'll have to get them for me. Okay. Now, let's see. I'll need a tiara for my hair, uh-huh. earrings, mm-hmm. a pair of black lace step-ins, some exotic perfume. Ooh, what you said. Exotic perfume? No, the one before that. <laughs> Now, look, you can get everything in the same place. There's a little shop on Elm Street called Yvette at Paris. Ask for Mademoiselle Yvette herself and tell her what you want. You think she'll believe me? Well, tell her that for me. She knows my size and everything. Remember, Mademoiselle Yvette. Now, hurry. Hello. Hello. Could I see Mademoiselle Yvette of Paris, please? You're talking to the mademoiselle in person already. You're Mademoiselle Yvette? But we. Oui. Something I could do for the monsieur yet. Gee, you have the most peculiar accent. <laughs> what part of France are you from? <laughs> France, <he> says. <laughs> mademoiselle Yvette is just the name on the door. Then you're not really from Paris? Listen, the last time I saw Paris, it was holding up my husband's socks. Now, is there something I could do for you? Well, yes, there is. Mildred Anderson asked me to get some things for us. A tiara for her hair, a pair of earrings, some exotic perfume. Yes. And a pair of black lace. Black lace. Uh, what's the matter, you bashful? Yes. <laughs> you mean a pair of these? Oh, put them down. Put them down. <laughs> oh, so what's the matter? Why are you getting excited? There's nobody in them. <laughs> But I got a vivid imagination. <laughs> anyway, she doesn't want that kind. She wants black lace. Black lace, huh? Is black lace becoming already in Weaverville, um, de rigueur? De rigueur? Uh, it's a little thing I picked up from Charles Boyer. It means stylish. Oh. <laughs> I see. You pick up little things from Charles Boyer, huh? All the time. <laughs> it should happen to my husband. <laughs> Okay, anything else? No, that's all. All right, I'll wrap everything up together. I'll be back in one minute. Gee, these pink ones are kind of cute. I wonder if... No. Still, they might. I'll ask Mademoiselle Yvette. No, it's ridiculous. I'm sure they don't make them for men. and uh, 50 cents. Eleven dollars and... Oh, my goodness. I'm afraid you'll have to charge it. Charge it? Who to? Why, to Mrs. Anderson, Mildred's mother. She's a customer of yours, isn't she? Uh, yeah. I guess it'll be all right. Yes. Oh, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hmm. I wonder. Hello, Mrs. Anderson. This is Yvette of Paris. Look, I've... uh, Yvette of Paris. Yvette of... Rena Feinschreiber, who makes for you the corset. (laughs) 
good. A, a young man was just here who bought for your daughter some very fancy schmancy underwear. And I was wondering. I saw you standing in the sun, and you were something to see. I know what I like, and I like what I saw, and I said to myself... Hello, Mrs. Anderson. Good evening, Dennis. It may interest you to know that I just had a phone call from Mademoiselle Yvette. Oh, really? I have also had a little talk with my uh, daughter, Mildred. Oh, really? I found out she intended going to tonight's masquerade dressed as a certain brazen husband. Oh, Really? She is not going to the masquerade at all. I've locked her in her room. Oh. Dennis, if you say oh really again, I shall scream. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, really? I also found out that the idea of going as this Amber came from you. Oh, no, ma'am. I just happened to mention... Nevertheless, Dennis, Mr. Anderson and I feel it's about time someone have a serious talk with you. Normally, of course, that's the duty of the head of the family. Yes, ma'am. But my husband has offered to do it instead. Yes, ma'am. I leave. And you two may talk this over, man, t- uh, boys. Well, whatever the two of you are, talk it over. Good evening, Dennis. Oh, hello, Mr. Anderson. I didn't see you sitting there. I guess your wife had you blocked off. Uh, been that way for 22 years. My wife is pretty excited about Mildred wanting to go to the party as Amber, Dennis. Yes, sir. Mrs. Anderson never let me read Forever Amber. She said it was no book for a man with funny ideas in his head. Oh, have you got funny ideas in your head? No, but she said I would have if I read it. That's silly. I read it, and I haven't got any idea of any kind in my head. Well, this uh, Amber Dennis, what sort of a girl is she? Oh, you know, companionable, good mixer, makes friends easily. Yes, I understand she's quite friendly. Oh, well. Yes, sir. But we certainly don't want Mildred pretending she's such a character, even for a masquerade, do we, Dennis? No, sir. We want Mildred to grow up the kind of a woman that her mother is, don't we? No, sir. I think we want Mildred to grow up the kind of a woman her mother is, don't we? No, sir. Oh, Dennis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. (laughs) Mrs. Anderson undoubtedly has many good qualities, but she does boss you around quite a bit. Well, all women boss you around, Dennis. Some do it quietly and sweetly. Some, like my wife, do it loudly and firmly. But they all boss you around. Golly, maybe the world would be better off if there weren't any women, just men and children. What a beautiful thought. Well, I hope you've gotten something out of this little talk, Dennis. Yes, sir, I have. I know I have. I'm going to read that forever, Amber, if it takes me the next ten years. And if it's what I think it is, who cares? Yes, sir. Well, I'll be getting back to Mademoiselle Yvette with this stuff. We won't need it now. Bye, Mr. Anderson. Bye, Dennis. Dennis. Huh? Dennis, over here. Mildred. Quick, climb through the window and don't let Mama see. 
What, what? Hurry and hand me that box. Here. Easy. Uh, you uh, heard what Mama said about the party, huh? Yeah. She won't let you go. I know. She took one look at what I did to this Betsy Ross costume and nearly fainted. Gosh, you did make it kind of daring. Well, I guess we'll never get that $25 now. And why not? This cup is for the most outstanding costume, isn't it? Isn't this costume outstanding? Yes, but there's no one to wear it. Oh, yes, there is. Well, what do you intend to... Oh. Oh, no. No, Mildred, don't look at me like that. Oh, Dennis, don't be that way. You'll make a beautiful Amber. <laughs> but how can I be a girl? Girls are built differently than I am. I'm taller. <laughs> Notice that. I guarantee that in this dress and wig, no one will be able to tell you from Amber. I bet I could never fool Charles the first. <laughs> no, Mildred, I won't do it. Dennis, think of Mr. Snedeker's fender. Think of the $25. Think of the housing shortage. All I can think of is black lace. Black lace. Uh, there, step in. It isn't how I get in, it's how I feel after I'm there. <laughs> All right, Dennis. I guess I shouldn't have asked you. Forget it. Mildred, I... I thought I meant something to you. I thought you'd do it for my sake. I was wrong. Oh, Mildred, stop. I can't stand seeing anyone cry. You don't care if Mama throws you out of the house and we never see each other again. You don't care. Mildred, I can't stand here and see a woman cry like that. There's only one thing I can do. Yes? I'm going to get out of here. Get you come back here. We're going to win that cup and pay off Mr. Snedeker. Now go in the bathroom and get those clothes off. But, Mildred... Here, take all this and put it on. And when you come out, I'll fix your makeup. You mean I... I have to put all this on? Yes. Mildred, I read another book once about a wonderful character named Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> all I need is a beard and a short pair of stilts, and I'm sure that... Get a... into that bathroom. Yes, ma'am. Gee, my mother always wanted a girl, but this is ridiculous. Well, I finally got the costume on, Mildred. How do I look? Uh, well, let's see. It's not too bad, except you're a little lumpy in the wrong places. <laughs> walk toward me and, uh, and slink like Andrew. I'm afraid to. This dress is too tight. One slink and I'm slunk. Well, it is tight. Didn't you put on that girdle I gave you? No. Why not? I couldn't get it over my head. <laughs> oh, Dennis, they don't go over your head. Don't you know how to put on a girdle? I'm afraid not. I've spent most of my life as a boy. <laughs> but what on earth makes you look so lumpy from your hips down? Oh, that's my long underwear. You didn't take that off? You think I want to catch cold? There's a terrible draft through this thing. Dennis, you didn't have to keep your flannels on. I gave you those black lace step-ins to wear. I know, but I stepped into them wrong. They're black lace kilts now. Well... <laughs> Sit still now. I'm going to put on your makeup. Okay. First, a little mascara. There we are. Now, some powder. Hey! <laughs> Watch where you put that stuff. You're supposed to keep your mouth closed. Golly, if men were girls, we'd never bother with all this stuff. 
If men were girls, we wouldn't either. <laughs> now, now, look, Dennis, hold still while I put on your lipstick and we're all set. There we are. How am I? Why, Dennis, you're absolutely ravishing. Honestly, you're gorgeous. Gee, really? Oh, just go over and take a look in that mirror. Okay. Pardon me, miss. Would you mind stepping aside? Oh, that's me. <laughs> of course it is. Well? Gee, I am kind of desirable. <laughs> oh, Dennis, I just know you're going to win that prize. Oh, now, look, we haven't much time. Here's the keys to my father's car. Slip out the window the same way you got in. You'll have to boost me up. I don't dare bend over in this dress. All right. Oh, oh I do hope you win, Dennis. <clears throat> there. And please, please be careful of Daddy's car. I will, Mildred. Gee, I did look like an awfully cute girl in that mirror. Not my type, of course, but some men like them. Oh, golly, here comes a man. Here's my chance to find out how I look. I'll drop my handkerchief and see what happens. Oh, uh, pardon me. Did you drop this handkerchief? Why, yes. How careless of me. <laughs> well, here you are. Oh, thank you, sir. You're really too, too kind. Oh, that's okay. Oh, say, by the way. Yes? You got a match, buddy? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Willoughby. Hello, Dennis. Oh, oh, I beg your pardon, miss. When I heard your voice, I thought you were a boy who works for me. I do. I'm Dennis. Well, by George. I'd certainly never know you in that dress and with a mask on. Say, uh, who are you supposed to be, Dennis? I'm Amber. You know, the book, Forever Amber. Oh. I may have read it. It, it sort of escapes my memory. Then you didn't read it. <laughs> Say, Mr. Willoughby, when do the judges uh, judge the costumes? It's ten o'clock, and i got to get out of here before I get that five o'clock shadow. Huh? Twice. Oh. <laughs> well, the man who's judging the costumes hasn't arrived yet, and by George, I wish you'd get here. If he... There's someone coming in the door now, Mr. Willoughby. Oh, oh, yes, good, that's him, and high time, too. I... Uh... Oh, my goodness. Something wrong, Dennis? The judge of the costumes. It's Mr. Snedeker. That's right, he's coming over here now. Mr. Willoughby, I can't stay here. If he sees me, he'll punch me right in my mascara. <laughs> he won't recognize you in that outfit any more than I did. But my voice... I'll tell him you're a foreigner. Speak to him in Spanish. I don't know a word in Spanish. Neither does he. You're perfectly safe. Oh, uh, Mr. Snedeker, right over here, please. Oh, sorry to be late, Willoughby. That imbecile who works for you wrecked my car, and I had a devil of a time getting a taxi. If I ever get my hands on that young, uh... Oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> what have we here? Oh. Uh, Mr. Snedeker, may I present uh, Senorita Lolita Del Rio? The Senorita just got here from Chile. Well, I'm delighted, senorita. Hacienda, senor. <laughs> well, now, if you two will excuse me, I uh, I have a great many things to attend to. Oh, no, don't leave us, senor Willoughby. I'm afraid I must. Adios. But, senor Willoughby. Oh, let him go. Uh, much cozier with just the two of us. Mm, senorita. Oh, tico, tico, senor. <laughs> Well, well, so you're from Chile. You don't look very chilly to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 
bet you're a dream, all right, underneath that mask. How about a peek, huh? Oh, no, senor. Oh, come on, a teensy-weensy little peek. No, senor, not until the price for the winning costume has been giving out. Oh, I see what you mean, my little enchilada. I thought you would, my great big cucamonga. <laughs> well, uh, speaking as the official judge, I think your costume has an excellent chance. Oh, thank you, senor. Yes, an excellent chance. Uh, are you married, senorita? No. Uh, neither am I. You know what I mean? See, si, but I doubt if anything will come of it. <laughs> I don't know. I waited a long time for the right girl to come along. Who can say I'm not looking into her eyes right now? Me, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time to award the trophy for tonight's outstanding costume. That is, if our judge, Mr. Snedeker, has the winner picked out. I sure have, eh, my little beauty? Oh, Senor Snedeker. (laughs) Folks. Folks, your attention, please. Now, after a careful study of every costume here tonight, I take pleasure in awarding this beautiful silver cup to the little lady on my left. Oh, uh, what was that name again, Senorita? Dennis Day. Senorita Dennis Day. (laughs) Well, my little tamale, are you satisfied now? You can take this lovely silver cup back to... Senorita who? Dennis Day. You! Why, you are... Mr. Snedeker, please! Calm down. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Why, I was going to propose to you. It's all right. I didn't accept. Didn't accept? <laughs> no, Mr. Snedeker. If you'd like to withdraw your offer of marriage now, believe me, I'll understand. Why? Let me at him. Let me at him. Mr. Snedeker, Let please. Let me at him. Dennis Day returns to sing the beautiful ballad all through the day. I sit alone in the golden daylight. All I see is a silver sky For in my fancy I sweep away light And keep my image of the sky Just
next week for another in the series of Dennis Day programs. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day, will be back when you hear... Morning speaking, this is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Okay, guys and dolls, guys and gals, um, I that's all the time we have for today, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to these as much as I've enjoyed putting them together, and um, I look forward to seeing you next week, same time, same station. Bye, everybody.